Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No no contact, no commitment, no problem. If you feel the Earth's pain or have a panic attack because someone near you is anxious, you might be an empath too. Are you an empath? You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable, unbelievable. Unidentified flying objects. Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slavik. I'm Kyle Sawyer. And today we have a special guest with us. We'll get to them in just a bit. But first, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. Also, you can watch my documentary, Otherworldly and More, on Amazon Prime right now. DVDs are available. Check the show notes for links. All right, let's get into all things empath with Valerie Lofaso. I started working with the KRI Center because, because of my books. I was writing the young adult paranormal fiction ghost stories and I had been rejected by one publisher saying I needed more bite to my story. And in thinking about how to get more bite, I thought, you know, maybe some actual hands-on investigation experience would be a good way to, to get some, something to put into the book to give it more bite. So I found SPRG, which is Seacoast Paranormal Research Group on meetup.com. KRI is part of that group. So Andy started SPRG and then broke off to do KRI as just an investigation group. So when I joined, KRI was only doing investigations. Really? Um, when was that? That was 2010. Okay. Um, so it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. It's a, such a great group of people, and I was so glad when Andy asked me to train to be an investigator with him. Um, so I went through some training, learned how to use some of the equipment, and got to go on some investigations. And by the time I did that, I think it was summer of 2011, and I didn't know about the empath stuff. I knew I was an empath, but I didn't really understand what that meant about myself. But like, how did you know? I knew because I was obsessed with all the paranormal TV shows and I was watching that the one, um, I think it's called Most Haunted. Oh yeah. It used to be on the Travel Channel yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. out of the UK. And somebody on that show mentioned somebody being an empath and somebody said, well, what's that? And they described, you know, somebody who feels the energy of the things around them. And the way they described it, it just kind of piqued my curiosity. I was like, you know that? kind of fits some of the things that I've experienced in my life. So I did a little research into it on my own and found that it fit me. That's really interesting. Okay, well, go on. So you're with KRI, it's like 10 years ago. Yeah, did some investigations and the team had a team medium at the time. Her name is um, Isabeau Maxwell. 
there was an investigation we were on at Rolling Hills Asylum in East Bethany, New York. Cool. And I was picking up on things they were thinking. I was picking up on spirits, um, but didn't really know it until later on in the night. And is that the first time something like that's happened to you? Like picking up on spirit? That I know of, yeah. Yeah, because I had somebody there to validate it for me. You know, it's that's always the hard part with intuition is having it validated. It's really easy to write off, you know, a feeling or a thought as, oh, I'm just making it up. But when you can get validation for it, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Was that scary or overwhelming or cool or? Yes, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely scary to the, to the, for me, you know, just the extent of not being able to quantify something. You know, I've, I've always felt like an oddball and a freak. You know, that's part of being an empath is just feeling kind of like an outsider all the time and having an explanation for it helped, but didn't help at the same time. It's like, oh, now, now I'm even more of a weirdo, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so that was, that was a little scary, but mostly it's been amazing. It's been life-changing in only good ways. Empowering? Very empowering. Okay. Um, and the more validation I get, you know, it's how many years later, you know, and I still need the validation because it's really easy to doubt yourself when yeah. you're feeling things. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I have that with... I don't know, kind of life in general. <laughs> uh, meaning, it's almost like imposter syndrome, really. But there's this impending feeling of like doom, like, or, or like that imposter syndrome where it feels like, oh man, you're going to be found out like any moment. Like, people are going to find out like you're pretty much an idiot, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, or, they're going to think you're a fraud or whatever. Yeah yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely very prevalent in, and it's a problem actually in the spiritual community. Really? You know, people tend to put themselves out there as experts because if they don't, why would somebody believe what they're saying? Right, 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 um, right. You know, so people are are very. I think it's a problem when when somebody who's a medium or is a researcher or whatever just puts out there that this is the the way, this is the only way, and this is how it has to be done. When no, we, yeah. you know, we are all so different, and there's right. you know so many different ways that intuition or any of this stuff can work for people, and that's part of the problem. We see things on TV and movies, and we think, oh well, you know, it doesn't work for me like it does for John Edwards or Teresa Caputo right. or you know the Hollywood medium or whatever. So I must not have it. But then you realize, no, I just need to figure out how it works for me. Let's get into. A little bit deeper with the empath stuff. So okay. here's what I know, and I'm kind of a dumb dumb, <laughs> so bear with me. But empathy is where we put ourselves in others' shoes. However, being an empath goes farther. This is a quote here that I have from Judith Orloff. She's a doctor, a medical doctor, and uh, she says, uh, "Oh, well, first of all, she's a, psychi a psychiatrist and an empath." And she stated, quote, empaths are people who are high on the empathic spectrum and actually feel what is happening in others in their own bodies. So you would feel what somebody else is feeling, but in your body. Yes. Okay. And as a result, empaths can have incredible compassion for people 
but they often get exhausted from feeling too much unless they develop strategies to safeguard their sensitivities and develop healthy boundaries. How do you respond to that? And could you tell us a little bit how it works for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great description of, okay. of being an empath. However, I would say it goes beyond just feeling what other people are feeling. It's living people, it's dead people, animals, plants, land, buildings. It can be any of those things. Okay. And I think that's a piece that I didn't know for a very long time and didn't understand. I thought it was just the living people aspect of it. Yeah, I'm today years old <laughs> when I found that out. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, um, but, but otherwise, that's, that's a great description, and boundaries are super important for empaths. Um, we can get drained very, very easily, so having boundaries, knowing how to say no, which is very hard for empaths. Empaths want to please people because we don't want to hurt other people's feelings because we'll know if your feelings are hurt, and we don't like that. That's uncomfortable. So we try not to do that, but then we end up stretching ourselves too thin and that drains us and that's not good for us. Um, so for me, I have found that having boundaries is very helpful. Having things in my life that fill me up energetically, that bring me joy are super important. Um, I need to have those in my life as much as possible. So when I start to feel drained, that fills me up and makes the, you know, the ickiness go away of, of being drained. When, when you need to energize up, if you will, is that just an afternoon? Is that an hour? Is that a couple of weeks or does it really depend? It depends. It okay. totally depends. Um, you know, like something like, you know, the event that we're doing tonight, we are expecting a lot of people here and that can be very draining for me, you know, but a good night's sleep and, you know, good breakfast and maybe some meditation should help me and I should be okay tomorrow. Um, but if I have a weekend long event, I'm going to need a day or two off afterwards. Like the um, festival that's coming up. Right. You think the Exeter UFO yeah. Festival. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely planning on having two days off after that um, because it can be very draining. Just having to be on for two days straight is very exhausting. Is it okay if I ask about your daughter? Sure. Is she experiencing these things that she shared? Yes, she is also an empath. Okay. Um, you know, she's almost 17, so she's kind of in that place where she doesn't want to explore it. You know, she's too busy living her life and, you know. As she should. And I totally get that. Um, but she does listen when I talk, so she knows how to manage her energy. Um, she knows that she needs more downtime than some of her friends. Um, and that she gets tired from things that they don't get tired from and that sort of thing. So she pays attention to it. She's just not as involved in all of this stuff as I am. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with ghosts. <laughs> okay. Dr. Orloff, the one I just quoted, has another quote. She wrote, both the brain and the heart generate electromagnetic fields. According to HeartMath Institute, uh, these fields transmit information about people's thoughts and emotions. Empaths may be particularly sensitive to this input and tend to become overwhelmed by it. In the same vein, we often have stronger physical and emotional responses to changes in the electromagnetic fields of the earth and sun. Empaths know well that what happens to the earth and sun affects our state of mind and energy. So that's the quote. 
So do you have any experience uh, on any of your investigations with like EMF interruptions or, you know, does that play a part of it at all? And um, is what Dr. Orloff says about the earth and sun true to you? I haven't experienced any EMF interruptions that I'm aware of. Um, but I would think it's entirely possible. Um, we tend to not use a whole lot of equipment, so we don't usually have EMF detectors with okay. us. But I'd be curious to maybe experiment with it and see, you know, on my own, I, I could certainly experiment with it and see what happens. Yeah. As far as the earth and the sun, absolutely. Quite a few years ago, they changed an intersection right out front of my neighborhood, tore up a whole bunch of trees, and I felt the pain of the land from when they ripped out the trees. It was heartbreaking. Really? I, I hate driving by places where trees have been ripped up, cut down, you know, when, when they're developing land. I definitely feel those things. That's fascinating. Um, wow. And I had a conversation with somebody recently how, and I was saying that I think Mother Earth is getting ready to shake herself like a wet dog <laughs> and we need to all be prepared. <laughs> Interesting. And she was she was very curious when I said that. I'm like, I don't know why I feel that. I just that's what I feel. The New York Times wrote an article about synchronized moods and how it is crucial for good relationships. They said that research has shown that many people pick up the emotion of those around them. For instance, one crying infant will set off a wave of crying in a hospital ward. Uh, or one person loudly expressing anxiety in the workplace can spread it to other workers people commonly catch other people's feelings in groups. So they ask, what is the lesson for empaths? And that's really what I wanted to focus on. I'll take your thoughts on that whole statement, but I also wanted you to explain about the specific precautions when an empath must encounter a lot of people in public space. I have to make sure I take really good care of myself, get as much rest that whole week before. Okay, so there's a, that's the precaution piece mm -hmm. where you're, you're before this happens, yeah. you're taking some stock yep. in, in, in what you do. Eat doing. well, sleep well, okay. keep as much stress out of my life as possible, um, you know, and just you know, meditate, draw in as much positive bracing energy as I can. Might I ask mm -hmm. your meditation process? It's not as good as it should be, and I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> say that. Um, you know, it's it's pretty scattered. I try to make time to meditate a few times a week. I'm not always great about that. I do get drained and just even meditating just doesn't seem possible. When I do, I try to go with whatever I'm feeling at that time. Sometimes it's connecting with the earth. Um, sometimes it's simply just breathing. Sometimes it is asking specific questions. Um, it really does vary for me, meditation to meditation. I think it was about two years ago now. I saw a therapist. I work for a company that provided, it's an employee, uh, maybe a point. Employee assistance, assistance program. program. Yeah, yeah. And you could take um, therapy with five free lessons and then it was just your copay after yep. that, you know, and she taught me some meditation uh, or, or gave me some meditation tips, you know, but we were also trying to get at the root of some things. And so I explained to her, the way I feel inside is that it's almost like a chest cavity and there's little caves in it 
and there's a little boy, which I assume is me. <laughs> and he, like, kind of peeks around, and he's pretty much frightened, uh, you know, a lot of the time. But he'll, like, peek out from the cave, and, like, ah. And sometimes I'll catch him sitting, like, with his knees up around his chest, you know, not necessarily rocking, but he's, he, he's upset, you know. And it's about exploring those caves and trying to make that little boy smile. I don't know, that just seems like such a weird process, but it's what worked for me. It definitely got me to a calmer place. And once in a great while, I got like a little, like a smirk from him, or it was almost like, we call it a Mainer head nod, you know, like one of these, or when you're walking down the street, Mainers will just be like, hey, you know, that's, that's how we say hi. And so I'd get one, you know, those once in a while. That's not really something you share with people like, hey, how do you meditate? You yeah, know, but, so. you know, I think there's that's another thing. There's a lot of misconceptions about people think meditation have to be sitting on a cushion with your yeah. back straight, you know, chanting and whatnot. And it's, you know, you can meditate while you do dishes, while you take yeah. a walk on the beach. You know, I meditate when I write a lot of times. I have intuitive information coming through, whether it's journaling or really? writing my books. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to meditate. Okay. Okay. All right. We went off track a little <laughs> bit, though. Living with a teenager who's also an empath, she and I have definitely experienced where her bad mood will set me into a bad mood, and I have to actively say, wait a minute, no, this is her energy. This is for her to walk through. I need to separate myself from it. I don't need to have, a, I don't need to be in a bad mood just because she's in a bad mood. Wow. Um, you know, it's, And you're pretty good at recognizing that when it's not yours? I'm getting better. Okay. It takes constant awareness of what's going on around me. And for me, it's not necessarily about embracing what the other person is going through, but respecting it. You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody who's going through something, you can dive into the emotions with them, or you can just accept where they are and respect where they are and give them whatever they need, whether it's space or a sounding board or, you know, whatever. Let's just say it's 9 p.m. It's time mm -hmm. for Val to wind down. And, you know, I don't know if you have sweats on or whatever you're doing, but you're chilling. Mm -hmm. And let's just say you're going to work Monday. Right. W what's your process then? Um, it would just be to probably veg out and watch TV or read or both. Sometimes I'll read while I have the TV on, you know, just mindless activity just to kind of let everything go. Um, not dwell on anything, you know, not not harp on anything that might have been upsetting or negative or draining and just say, you know, it's over, it's good, I have to get ready for what's coming next. So that's really all I have for like empath questions. Is there anything else that you'd want to share that you think is important for people to know about empaths? Sometimes we can come off as standoffish and it's not that we are, it's that we're feeling so much that we are overwhelmed and we want to talk to you, but we just don't, don't always have the, the brain power to figure out how to do it. So just, you know, strike up a conversation with us if, you know, don't, don't assume that we're grumpy and unfriendly. <laughs> So that's that's the interview and I got to say man I had a great time sitting down with her and learning more about what empaths are. Also she's speculating that I could have empath traits as well. And so she's going to be forwarding me some documentation to see if any of it makes sense to me. I'm not really sure but I definitely see some similarities in some of the descriptions she had as uh, of empaths and a lot of similarities uh, in my life and I'll be honest man 
you have a lot of similarities as well uh, with empath stuff. So I'm going to forward you that documentation as well. Oh, I'll be happy to take a look at it. Yeah, fair enough. But Absolutely. It's, it's definitely very interesting. Yeah, and, and, but that's all we got for an interview with an empath. You got anything else you want to add? No, I, I think we're uh, I think we're all set with this one. We're put loose and fancy free. Foot loose, everybody go foot loose. I think it's everybody cut. Everybody cut foot loose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until next time. Until next time. All right. What? Did I write something stupid? Yes. What did I write? Oh, the sorry? <laughs> yes. I hate it. I'm so excited. Hate it. Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Enjoy! Thanks. Be order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.